Well, I want to thank Malika and Josh and Marcus and Anthony for leading us today. Will you help me express appreciation for them? That's great. Thank you so much for being at Valley Point Church today. It is great to see you. My name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here, and I really hope that this is a meaningful experience for you where we all have the chance just to hear from God and open up the word and have him speak to us and encourage us and challenge us. That's what we want to do today. So thank you so much for being here. I also want to say hi to everyone who's watching us online. We hope you have a great Sunday as well. I want to encourage you to begin filling out the connection card. You can find that in the seat back pocket in front of you. You can also access that through our app if you prefer to do that. But if you would just begin filling that out, it would be very helpful. You can leave a prayer request for us, and we'll be sure to pray for those items. If you are with us for the very first time, welcome. I'm so thankful that you're here. If you would simply fill out as much information as you're comfortable with, that would be great. And I would encourage you with a next step of checking off on the connection card, coming to meet the pastor. That's coming in October, and that's just an opportunity where we have to share a meal together and get to know each other, and I think it'd be great if you took that step. I look forward to sharing that meal with you. At the end of our gathering, you'll be able to take your connection cards if you're filling that out physically in the room, and you can place that in the baskets along with any offering you have to share as we exit. Well, thinking about the future is an energizing exercise. It's an exercise that is filled with a lot of questions. Like, what will happen? And what will I need to be prepared to do? While thinking about the future is energizing, it can also be exhausting and bring a level of anxiety because it's unknown right? That's the future. We can't know everything. We can know some things, but we can't know everything. And so it brings a level of anxiety because there are unknown items there. And change is probably going to be part of the equation. In his groundbreaking research on change, leadership practitioner John Cotter presented an eight-stage process for creating and walking through change, with the first step, a critical step, being establish a sense of urgency. So if you're walking through change or needing to establish change, creating this sense of urgency is really important. And here's what that does. It raises the temperature a little bit, and it allows us to identify opportunities. Which brings us to this Sunday, September the 5th, it's Labor Day weekend. Often this is somewhat of a sleepy weekend, isn't it? With people grasping for the final remnants of summer while heading into the curve of change and a new season. And some people enjoy that curve, and maybe you find yourself here today ready for that turn And you are prepared for all of the change that is coming. Other people, you may feel a little unsettled about the curve 
and what is coming with a new season. It all kind of just depends on our personalities. While we are not going to discuss the stages of change today, I do believe this is an ideal Sunday to think about our future and to look within and identify the opportunities that are in front of us. So let's do a little soul care today spiritually, shall we? I know it's a sleepy weekend, but I think it's a great opportunity and really a privilege to think about our future and the opportunities that are there. So here's the plan. I want to have somewhat of a family talk today. So if you've been a part of Valley Point Church, we do this occasionally where we set aside a theme and just kind of talk together as a family. And I'm so thankful that you are here. If you are with us for the very first time, you're going to get an inside look at some of the things that we value and some of the things that we are working on as we seek to apprentice with Jesus. So I think this is a great Sunday for everybody. And what I want to do is share five urgent ideas or things that I believe we all need as we think about the change of a new season and what is in front of us. So think John Cotter, creating a sense of urgency in terms of urgently caring for our faith on the inside and doing a little bit of soul care. That's what we want to accomplish today. We're going to do that by looking into Scripture, and then we'll go from there. Here at Valley Point, we take the Word of God seriously, and we open it up just about every week, and we allow it to transform our hearts. We allow it to shape us. So with your copy of the Bible or with your device, I want to invite you to join me in the New Testament book of 1 Peter chapter 2. In just a few moments, I will begin reading verses 1 through 3, and that's where we will camp out today. The best way to find the book of 1 Peter is to start in the back of your Bible. And if you open it up to the last book, that's the book of Revelation. If you turn to the left, eventually you'll bump into Jude, and then 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Keep turning to the left, you'll find 2nd Peter, and then eventually 1st Peter chapter 2. Before I read the first three verses of this great chapter, I want to share a big idea with you that will shape our conversation today as we think about soul care or what's happening on the inside and thinking about our future and all of the opportunities that are there. Here's our big idea. Grow up and into what you have believed. And I think if we have trusted in Jesus alone, this is a great challenge for us. Because sometimes we trust Christ and we just kind of stay there at that level. And we never really grow up and into what we have believed. Well, wouldn't you know, Peter the apostle, he addresses this. And he gives us a template for being able to grow up and into what we have believed and do a little bit of soul care along the way. So with your Bible or device, here's 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 1, it says, So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Verse 2, 
Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Meaning that these things don't save you. So if we are done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech, and if we crave the pure spiritual milk that is found in the Word of God, these things don't save us. Trusting in Jesus alone saves us. But these things help us grow up and into a full expression of salvation. They help mature us. And that's what he's pressing on here. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk. A word about milk as used here. I believe milk, as it is referred to in this verse, is not necessarily talking about elementary Christian teaching in comparison to the meat of Scripture. Like what we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and in Hebrews chapter 5. There's a challenge to move past milk and get into the meat of God's Word, and this helps mature and grow us. That's not the challenge here. The milk being referred to is nourishment for all believers that comes from the Word of God. It's good. It's really good. And we all need it. And it says here, we should actually crave this because it's good and it will help us grow up and into what God has for us. And we should do this. Here's the rest of verse 2. Cry out for this nourishment. So we crave the pure spiritual milk that is found within Scripture, and we should actually cry out for this nourishment as well. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So let's think about the flow of thought as found here in 1 Peter chapter 2 in these first three verses. One of the things that I really enjoy doing when studying Scripture is trying to discover what is the author saying. And there's a variety of ways that we do that as we interpret Scripture and apply hermeneutics and different things. You look at history and context. What is the writer trying to say? What is the purpose of the book? Every book in the Bible has a purpose, and everything in that book will point to its purpose. And so you gather all of that information, and then when you get to a paragraph like this, get rid of all evil behavior, and there's a list here, and crave pure spiritual milk, and cry out for that. I think it's really helpful in understanding it to create a flow of thought. And we have that here in 1 Peter chapter 2. And it looks kind of like this. The main idea is, okay, Peter is addressing a crowd of believers, and he's saying, here's the flow of thought I want to begin with. You need to get rid of some things in your life. You need to put them off. And then you discover that there is a vice list given to us. Did you pick up on this? Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind things, unkind speech. These are vices that we are encouraged to get rid of. And this is actually Peter drawing upon a common ancient literary device where authors would often list different vice groups or things that you should do or things that you shouldn't. And that's what we find here. He's just using a common literary application to say, if you're going to grow up and into what God has for you, then you need to get rid of, and here's the vice list 
Deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. Boy, if we just did that, that sounds a lot like loving our neighbor as ourselves, doesn't it? Like what a difference it would make if we as followers of Jesus just said, you know what, we're going to be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. We're not going to do that stuff. What kind of bright lights would we be? Well, I think it would be incredible. And that's why Peter includes that, these things in the vice list. He doesn't stop there, though. He says, okay, you need to put these things off, and here's the list. Now I want you to add nourishment and crave this and cry out for the nourishment that comes from the Word of God. So get rid, and here's the stuff. Now I want you to add nourishment, this pure milk from the Word of God. And all of this is based on the foundation, as we see in verse 3, of the goodness of God. Remember that song? We sing it quite a bit. Your goodness is running, right? God's goodness runs after us. And so Peter is encouraging us here, based on the foundation of God's goodness coming after us, get rid of this stuff and now add nourishment from the word of God. Peter is writing to believers here and he is encouraging them. He is challenging them to pursue spiritual growth, which is a great thing. I love how New Testament scholar Jerry Hullinger breaks down 1 Peter chapter 2. He does it this way. He says the preparation for spiritual growth is the removal of hindering vices. And we read that in verse 1. The duty to promote growth, which by the way, that's a responsibility we have to pursue that. The duty to promote this is the craving of the pure word of God. Crave it and cry out for that. We see that in the first part of verse 2. The goal of growth is maturity in salvation. Grow up into this experience. We see that in the rest of verse 2. And then the motive for growth is the experience of the goodness of the Lord. It's the goodness of God. Let me ask you this question. Do you want to grow spiritually? And maybe you haven't thought about that in a long time. There's a lot of other stuff in life to contemplate, but as you think about your faith in Jesus, if you have trusted in Him to rescue you, do you desire to grow spiritually? Do you ever find yourself stuck or bored in your faith? Like it used to be really dynamic and meaningful to me, and now... Maybe I'm just kind of going through the motions or I've really put it in the back somewhere. Well, here's the path for growing up and into what we have believed. Get rid of some things that take us away from following Jesus. Add the pure craving and the crying out for the word of God and stand on the goodness of God who is pursuing you. So I think this is where we get the chance to just have a family talk about pursuing the goodness of God and what does it mean to get rid of different things that keep us from God and distract and how can we really be craving and crying out for the nourishment of the milk that comes from the word of God? How do we do this? Well, I want to share some ways with you 
that I believe we can live out 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 and grow up and into what we have believed. I want to share a list of five urgent thoughts. Just things that I've been praying about recently. Things that I have been researching, things that God has laid on my heart as I think about my own walk with Him and as I think about us as an organization and as a community of faith and what is God looking for us as we think about our future and growing up and into what we have believed so we don't stay stuck, so we don't remain in one place. How can we continue to progress up and into what we have believed. I have five urgent ideas and thoughts. This is not an exhaustive list of everything. We could add all kinds of stuff to this. And maybe we'll come back to this talk at some point and say, okay, here are items six, seven, and eight. There are other things, but I just want to share a few thoughts that I believe will raise the temperature a little bit and help us also see the opportunities that are out in front of us with the future that God has. So here we go, urgent idea number one, that is to review our church-wide and personal life verses. So do you remember way back in January of 2021, we launched the year by encouraging everyone who was here to choose a verse or two to anchor your soul upon for the new year. And many people participated in this, and it was a lot of fun. As part of that exercise, we also chose a couple of verses for our church-wide verses, and we committed that to memory. I'm sure all of you still remember Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. May God, do you remember this? May God help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And based on those verses, we establish the mantra of let's be better together because we're inviting God and we're asking God to help us live in complete harmony, which has been a challenge in 2021, no doubt, with all of the opinions and all of the things that are swirling in culture. It has been a challenge, but I believe God gave these verses to us as a way to help us grow up and into what we have believed. So I think we should say this together once again because it's been a long time since we've walked through this. So will you stand with me? Can you do that? And let's say Romans 15 verses 5 and 6 together. Here we go. May God help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Being better together, this has been our theme. And what would it look like? Okay, just think with me for a moment. What would it look like if at least one community of faith just lived this out and said, okay, God, help us live in complete harmony. This is what you have called us to do. This is what you want for us. Well, I believe God has called us to be that faith community for the world around us. And by the grace of God, I see some wonderful things happening with us and with our church in terms of living in complete harmony. May God continue to give us the strength and the courage to live this out now from September until the end of the year. And we probably shouldn't forget it then. 
But we'll move on to some other verses, and that will all be good. Okay, thank you. You may be seated. Now, the challenge at the beginning of the year was for everyone to find their personal verse as well. And I know many of you walked through that. Do you remember the verse that you chose or verses to stand upon for this year? As I was writing this, I became really convicted that I had allowed my personal life verse from the beginning of the year to kind of take a seat in the background. And so I went back and reviewed my verse from Philippians chapter 2, which I chose to pair with Romans chapter 15. And it just brought renewal into my heart about agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. That's some of the language of my life first. Do you remember that? Now, if you were not here for that, you're kind of off the hook, and we'll come back to you in a moment because I want to challenge you. But if you were here, do you remember the verse or the verses that you chose? If not, it's time to go back and review. Why did God give that to you? You might be surprised and shocked, maybe even really encouraged in looking at that now in September as we approach the last quarter of the year that you really needed what God gave to you back in January to help you survive the rest of this year. So if you don't remember what you chose, go back and review. It's an urgent thing to do. I really believe that. Now, if you are not a part of that, here's the deal. It's never too late to choose a verse, to memorize, to say this is my verse for the rest of 2021. And I would encourage you to do that. To help you find a verse on our church app, we have a list of helpful life verses. You can read through that, and if something jumps off the page and into your heart, that might be what God is giving to you. If you want a physical copy of those helpful life verses, you can pick that up at Just For You. But I would encourage you, even now, if you did not participate in that, please, Still choose a verse because it's a really good thing to do. And let me say this, this simple act, and it kind of is a simple act. Like, okay, let me find a verse and what does God want for me during this year? It is a simple act, but it may be the biggest spiritual step that you ever take and that you retake every year when we walk through this. Because it's putting the Word of God in our hearts, and this is what we add so that we can grow up and into what we have believed. So don't dismiss this as something for somebody else. It's for all of us, and I think it's urgent and could be the greatest spiritual step that you ever take outside of trusting in Jesus alone. So I think everybody needs to review or go back and find one. And I also want to encourage everybody, if you haven't had the chance to sign our Life First display, which are the big Better Together letters out in the lobby, do that today. We have markers ready for you to write down your verse or verses, and we want to populate those letters with your names and your verses as a way to remind us when we walk in and out of this place of the pure milk, the nourishment that we gain from hiding God's words into our hearts. Okay, that's the first urgent thought. Here's urgent thought number two. Engage in your faith community. Okay, be here. Be present. Watch online when you're not able to be here 
in person. This is an opportunity, I believe, for all of us to come home spiritually again and to engage with the body. That's what a church is. It's a body made up of different parts and different personalities and different people that God brings together, and it doesn't always make sense. Like, why are we together? Well, this is the mystery of what God does when the church gathers. And there's so much language in, in the New Testament about how the church is a body made up of all these different parts, and we need each other. So this is a challenge. This is an urgent thought that let's engage in the community because everyone is needed. Everybody's needed, and everybody's important, and everybody is part of the body, and every part is important. Now, let me share with you some different ways that I feel you can engage in our faith community. I have six different thoughts here. I'll roll through them quickly, just in case you're wondering, how do I engage? What does this mean? Here's number one, take advantage of Sunday. And that's what you're doing today. And so you should feel good about that. You're taking advantage of what is offered each and every Sunday. And let me just talk to you about what is coming over the next few months into the end of the year. Next Sunday, I return to a theme. It's Better Together, Volume 2. And we're going to take three weeks and just go back to Scripture and think about how we can be and how we should be better together as a community of faith. These are really important talks, and I want to encourage you to be here as we return to this theme of being better together and review Romans chapter 15 again and think about how God has called us. May, may God, may God help us to live in complete harmony. We're going to come back to that. And then in October, through the middle part of November, we're going to look at some Jesus and short stories. And what we find in Scripture is that Jesus often taught by sharing stories. They're called parables. And what is a parable? And why did Jesus teach that way? It was one of his primary teaching methods, actually, to share a story and then to give application. And why did Jesus do that? And what are some of these parables and what do they mean and how can we use them in our lives today. I think in walking through this in October and part of November, it will help us to be better together and it will also help us to grow up and into what we have believed. So Jesus and some short stories that's coming in October and November. And then I want to encourage you to do this on September, uh, not September, November the 14th, okay, on this Sunday, I'm telling you, you're going to want to be here, okay? So, like, just mark that day down. If you skip from now until November, you know, that's on you. you got to figure that out. But on the 14th, like, everybody should come together because our missionary from Russia, Buddy Thigpen, is going to join us. And if you have ever heard from Buddy before when he has been here, he's encouraging and inspiring. And God is using him in extraordinary ways in his place in the world to help people see Jesus. And you will walk out of here floating. You really will. So you want to be here on the 14th as Buddy Thigpen is here. And then we have a couple of other things after that. And then we step into Advent where we think about the mystery 
of God becoming flesh. Like, this is a remarkable thing. And we often forget about it. Yeah, it's Christmas and Jesus came. But the mystery of God becoming flesh for me and for you, it's a mind-blowing thing. And we're going to step into Advent. And I think that's going to be a very special time of coming home and being here and celebrating together. So that's what's coming while you're in here your kids in KidPoint are receiving great content. I want to encourage you, take full advantage of Sunday because we're doing our best to create environments where we see Jesus. That's number one. Number two, connection groups. They're here. You can sign up on the app or the website. They launched the week of September the 20th. This is your opportunity to be in a smaller group where you can be known and know people and grow in faith as well and make great friends. So that is beginning. Number three, volunteering. You know, one of the things I love about Valley Point is that there are so many people who generously give of their time and of how they have been gifted to serve the body, to serve the church. And this is why we're all needed. And maybe you're wondering, well, what does that look like for me? And perhaps it's time for me to volunteer or step back into volunteering. Well, we're going to have an expo after each gathering on September the 26th that will outline different ways that you can volunteer and contribute and use who you are and how you've been wired to make a difference and to volunteer and to have a great time with that. Number four, students. If you are in 6th through 12th grade, and I see some of you in here, really thankful that you are here today. I want you to know that every Wednesday, Pastor Mike and his team are putting together a great program designed just for you, to encourage you. It's a fun time, but also a time to consider what does God want for me as a middle schooler or as a high schooler. So if you are that age or you have a child that age, get them here because it matters and it's a way for them to engage in their faith community. Number five, here's something new. In October, we are going to launch a discipleship path. And this is going to be a unique thing, a classroom opportunity where we just dig a little bit deeper into theology. And what does it mean to trust in Jesus? What is salvation? Who is God? What is he like? And how can we know him intimately? We talk about these things underneath all of that. There is theology that we stand upon as a church. And we want to open that up and invite you to participate in this discipleship path. And you pay attention to upcoming opportunities. It's a way to learn, but it's also a way to engage with the body. And then number six, love days. They're coming back. Again, we have one on Sunday, September the 19th. Our love days are opportunities to do this. It's a way to do more than just talk about helping people and organizations and our partners in the surrounding communities. A lot of people talk about doing that. In our imperfect ways, we want to do more than talk. We want to put action to that. And so Love Days are these wonderful opportunities for the, for the body to engage. And some of those are collecting Love Days where 
if you're coming to church, bring a few items with you and we'll give all of that to the organization that we're working with on that particular week. We also have these Saturday serve days and we have one coming in October where we take a couple of hours and we gather and we repair and restore and paint and clean and do whatever it is that our partners need so they can accomplish their mission. Beyond doing stuff, collecting things and giving it away and being busy in our communities, this is a way to engage with the body. And that's the point here. Engagement. Be here, be present. And these are just some of the ways. Peter Morin was a French Catholic social activist and theologian who helped found the Catholic Worker, which was a newspaper that started in 1933. Morin expressed his philosophy and thoughts and different essays and writings that became known as the easy essays. One of the things that he wrote in relationship to engagement in the church, and I just love this, and it's something I want to share with you. Here's what he said. When you don't know what else to do, okay, I want to pause there for a second. As a believer, when you don't know what else to do, when you feel stuck or flat in your faith, like, ah, you know, I just don't know if it's there anymore. Here's his thought. When you don't know what else to do, keep going to meetings. Like, keep going to the church. Because Pentecost happened at a meeting. All right, when you don't know what else to do, just keep going to meetings because Pentecost happened to add a meaning. Now, there's a lot there that we could unpack, and I think it's a marvelous statement. Here's the significance of this and why I chose to share it with you. Pentecost was a real historical event, and you can read all about that in Acts chapter 2. It's where the Holy Spirit came upon believers. And what we find in Acts chapter 2 is that Jesus has returned to heaven. His work on earth is done. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again, paying the price for our sins. And he looked at this group of followers, apprentices, and said, look, you need to go into all the world and share the truth about me. That's what I want for you. Until the Holy Spirit comes, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and you just wait there for him. And so that's what we find in Acts chapter 2. And I would encourage you to read this at some point. Those early followers are waiting for the next thing and the Holy Spirit indeed comes upon the believers there and they devoted themselves to a few things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And this is where the church came to life. Now, I want you to hear this. Pentecost did not happen to or with an isolated woman or a man out in the desert somewhere or sitting under a tree in heavy contemplation. Like, oh, here it comes. Pentecost did not occur to an individual. Pentecost occurred to a group of women and men who were gathered in a meeting place. The gathered church is a powerful and necessary thing. And when we gather in small groups and in large groups, God just does something. He does. And so the encouragement is, if you're feeling flat in faith or not sure 
what you should be up to in relationship to God. Just keep coming to meetings because this is where God shows up and does some amazing things in and through us, the church, the gathered body. Look, there is so much more that I want to say about this, but we need to keep moving. The challenge here is to engage with the faith community. Okay, urgent idea number three. Joyfully step into spiritual practices or disciplines. Again, we are thinking here about how to grow up and into what we have believed and our spiritual disciplines, these things we practice before God and before others are ways that we can mature and deepen our faith. I want to take you back to a theme in 2020 called the walk. When we move through that theme, we shared five different spiritual practices and disciplines that we thought were really important, and we wanted to spend time thinking about them and then doing them. Now, there are a lot more than five spiritual practices, but we thought these five were important, and so we focused on them. Do you remember the five? Here they are, worship and prayer, studying, specifically studying the Word of God, serving, giving, and then sharing or bearing witness to our faith. As a way to help us remember these spiritual practices and to step into them joyfully, because that's what we want to do, but not to do them out of guilt or obligation. We want to joyfully step into these things because they help us grow up and into what we have believed. They mature us. So as a way to help with that, you will find on the church app a spot called The Walk. And if you step into that, you will find the five different talks that we walk through in 2020. Here's what I want to encourage everybody to do. Go back and listen to them. Watch them. There's five of them, so if you start on Monday, maybe you can start your day with that or end your day, or if you have a drive, you can get it rolling and just listen but Monday through Friday, you'll be able to walk through all of these different spiritual practices that really matter and help us grow up into maturity. And I think it would be a great thing for everybody to do here, students included. It's valuable and it's urgent. All right, if we're following Jesus, we should have these disciplines in place and grow up into them and keep improving. And these spiritual practices are more than items to do to help us feel better, although they, they may do that. As we practice them, they, they may help us feel better. These practices actually help us become spiritually formed into the image of Jesus. It's urgent that we do these. Okay, urgent idea number four, and that is to pursue deeper prayer. Pursue deeper prayer. I really feel convicted about this personally as a follower of Jesus. And I feel convicted about this for our church as well. So I pray, and I'm sure you do as well. But what would it look like if you individually and we corporately pursued deeper prayer? And what does that even mean? What does that potentially look like? individually and corporately. I'm not here to answer all of that today. I'm still wrestling with that for myself, and I'm starting to do some things that are really helping that I want to share with you at some point 
And what does that mean for us corporately? I'm not exactly sure, but I'm going to share a thought with you in just a moment about how we can pursue deeper prayer. But I've been really convicted about this. Is this important to me? Is it important to us as a church? Again, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, which we already talked about, they devoted themselves to a few things, right? The apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship. They also devoted themselves to prayer. Now, that word devoted in the construction of the sentence in the Greek there means to attend constantly or to continue. So I've been going back and asking of myself, am I devoted to prayer that way? Where I attend constantly to it? And I'm continuing this? Or is it more of, uh, you know, I should pray and you know, I got a few minutes in and check that off the list today? So I'm really wrestling with this. Do I attend constantly? Do I continue in prayer? And are we doing that as a community of faith, as a way to help with this. On Tuesday, October the 26th, at 6.30 p.m., right here in this room, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And honestly, I, I can't wait for this. Like, keep showing up to meetings because this is where God works. And I think God is going to show up on that night as we just gather and, and pray and maybe that sounds really intimidating to you, like, uh, you know, I'm not the praying type, I don't know about that. I, this is a great night for you, and I would encourage you to stretch yourself a little bit and step out of your comfort zone and out of your spiritual box and come and experience something that we will all get to do together, standing before God and lifting up our hearts and our request, requests and what's happening in the communities around us and in the world. It's going to be amazing, and I would encourage you November 14th, put that on your calendar and then add to that October the 26th at 6.30 p.m. A prayer meeting, a time to attend constantly and to continue. And I think there will be more of these in the days to come. It's urgent. I guess, you know, not a laughing matter. It's, it's a really urgent thing. And no pretzels, no water ice. We're just going to pray and it'll be a really, really good time. Okay, urgent idea number five. I close with this. Let's all practice winsome love in our interactions. Uh, can we do that? Can we do that? Practice winsome love. I think we live in the age of opinions. <laughs> right? Like, you know, there's the age of enlightenment. I don't think we're in that anymore. If anything, we, we may be going the other way. We do live in the age of opinions, I guess, all kinds of opinions. And in this age, maybe there should be less talking and more grace-filled actions. Right? Maybe. Especially from apprentices of Jesus. Less talking and more grace-filled actions. Because... Think about this. The mission of the church is to share with the world the story of Jesus. That's our big why. Like, why are we here? Well, we exist to share with the world the story of Jesus. And I love how N.T. Wright says this. The messengers must model the message. 
So I think a good thing for all of us to consider, if we have trusted in Christ, we are a messenger. Am I modeling the message of sharing with the world the story of Jesus? Or am I modeling something different, maybe something that doesn't even matter? So more grace, more grace, more winsome love. And I think this is a, it's an urgent thing. And it will help us grow up and into what we have believed. Those are my five urgent thoughts. I share them from a heart of love of what God is doing inside of me and I think what God is doing in our faith community as well. I can't wait to continue exploring these in the days to come as we walk through different themes and think about what God has for us together. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to kind of just put everything away, put your stuff to the side for a moment, and in the seat back pocket in front of you, there is a blank white card. I want to ask that you take that out and grab a pen as well, which should be there for you. And I want you just to think for a moment. And I want you to write down a word or a phrase on that sheet of paper in response to this question. What has God whispered to you today? What has God whispered to you? And maybe it's a single word or a sentence or a verse perhaps, or maybe it's something from 1 Peter chapter 2 as we think about getting rid of these different things that take us away from following Jesus. Maybe it's adding the pure milk, the nourishment that comes from the word of God. Maybe it's your life verse that you've forgotten about. You need to put it down. Maybe it's something related to engagement with the body, coming back home and being together. Maybe it's something about spiritual practices or deeper prayer or winsome love. Whatever it is that God has whispered into your heart, I just want you to write down that word or that phrase or that step and then I want you to take these cards you can put it in your Bible or fold it up and put it in your pocket I want you to take it with you and display it in a prominent place this week maybe it's on your refrigerator or in your car somewhere or maybe you want to take a picture of it and it should be the screensaver on your computer or on your phone so that it constantly comes up before you so that all week long you are thinking about some urgent things and doing some soul care and using this phrase or your word or whatever you wrote down on the paper to help you grow up and into what you have believed. I want to encourage you to do that. Will you join me in a time of prayer now? God, we're thankful for today and the opportunity we have had to look at urgent things. Things that I believe you want for us. And God, this is kind of that sleepy weekend where we're transitioning from one season to the next and we don't often like to think in these situations, but I believe that's what you want for us.
you're calling us based on what Peter shared to get rid of some things and add nourishment from the word of God so that we can grow up and into what we have believed. So God, I pray that you'd help each person here take their word, their phrase, whatever they wrote down, this sheet of paper, and it would help them throughout the week as they review that and allow that to impact them. Speak through this and encourage us with whatever it is that you have planted on our hearts. However you've challenged or convicted us, God, help us. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. And maybe just offer up a little prayer here. God, here's what I plan to do with this thought, this word, this phrase. Here's what I think you want for me. Just talk to him about that. God, we want to be available to you. That's what this is about today. Just opening up our hearts and growing up and into what we have believed. So help us to do that today, this week, and in the months to come, we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen.